Hello, everyone, and welcome. I'm Gilda Evans, bringing you the Autism Resource Podcast. This podcast and the ARP website are your one-stop knowledge and resource base for autism and much more. I'm pleased to have Anlor Davin as my guest today. Anlor is a longtime autistic Zen practitioner, an author, and a mother. She teaches free online meditation classes primarily for the autistic and neurodiverse populations. She grew up on the west coast of France and immigrated to the United States in her 20s. She detailed some of her experience growing up neurodiverse in her memoir, Being Seen. Welcome, Anne-Laure, and thank you so much for taking the time to join me today to share your experiences and the benefits of meditation, especially for the neurodiverse community. Well, thank you, Gilda, for having me. (laughs) I am honored to be here. Thank you. Thank you, Anne-Laure. Well, to begin with, please tell us a little more about your personal history. So I was uh, born and raised in France. And then when I was 23 years old, things did not work out for me in France. So I emigrated to the United States, actually to Chicago, Illinois, for 12, the first 12 years. And uh, then, the, then I came to California, and that was a complete change. Um, well, I was not diagnosed yet. I would, um, so actually, it's very interesting. It took as the same time uh, as I was in France, 23 years, and then 23 years in the United States before I was diagnosed. So <laughs> there is no jealousy. <laughs> well, now that's very, that's very, very common, actually, for females um, with autism to be diagnosed much later in life. At least that's what I understand. But I can say that once I was diagnosed, Gilda, my life completely transformed and became a life. You know, I mean, it's, I mean, I'm much happier. I, but I attribute a lot of that to my Zen practice. Anyway, you see, I'm here, you know, and I'm talking. And can you believe that? I'm talking <laughs> to people. I can't believe this. <laughs> I'm very glad that you are. I'm very glad that you are. So, so tell me then, how and why did you start meditating? When I was in Chicago uh, for my 35th birthday, 34, a friend gave me a book by Charlotte Jokobek, who is a Zen teacher, and the book is called Nothing Special. And my life was in absolute turmoil. I mean, my entire life I had been searching, of course, what is going on with me. Uh, and um, that was, you know, Zen seemed very promising. It made sense to me, even though it doesn't make sense in many ways, but it makes it, it still makes sense, actually, in many ways still for me. It's both. So I, came, I went to live in a Zen side for six months, and that's when I started to practice. And boy, am I grateful that I stumbled upon this practice. So then tell me a little more about your method of meditation and how you practice it. I, I, the, the, the lineage that I practiced in is called Soto Zen. Soto S O T O. Um, 
even though at the online I am not doing just Soto Zen uh, pure straight. Uh, but I have uh, other sanghas too uh, in the Soto Zen um, lineage. And um, what have you ever seen people who are all in black facing the wall, sitting cross-legged? No? Uh, I've okay. seen photographs. I not, not in person, but I have seen photographs. But that's what I meant. That's what I meant in photograph. Yeah, well, that's the kind of uh, Zen that I do. So basically, it's like the type of uh, you're thrown in the water and you're on your own. You know? <laughs> I mean, there is no real indicate like... It's not intentional, like you have to do this or focus on that or all that. Basically, it's your breath. You pay attention to your breath. And what happened is leaving that space is you wake up eventually. All right. So then when you meditate, it's it's a very, sounds like it's a very focused, very calm, very quiet thing where you're you're just sitting and, and focusing on a wall or whatever you happen to be focusing on. Would that, would that be right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. But you, you don't choose to be like, you know, um, somewhere else, you know, like focusing on somewhere else. You, you're on, you know, you're taking a look at yourself. <laughs> Excuse me. <coughs> like what is going on inside um, me. And then, when you when you see what's going on inside you, you become way you know. I mean, it's natural. You know, the outside becomes more very important. You know, it's like, oh yeah, I got to take care of others too. I mean, not just me. Okay, of course, but that falls, you know, naturally in. But and also, I like how you said about the quiet part because that's very important to me. I don't know if me I'm, I'm jumping the gun and get going too early on one of your questions, but being silent is a big part for an autistic person, often enough. I mean, I have hypersensitivity. I have. So the silence, I mean, I remember when I first arrived at Zen Center 22 years ago, I actually got goosebumps from the silence. <laughs> it was really something. Yes, um, because of the, the, the sensory issues that very often accompany um, the, the autism diagnosis, people are hypersensitive to certain things and sound is one of them. Right. And so being able to just be quiet and be in that sort of a quiet environment can be very positive, very healing, very calming so um, now talk. It allows some for some, yeah, sorry. It allows for some kind of a stability, but you know, it takes practice, but it takes do. It's like everything, you know, it takes doing it again and again and again, but you know, a little bit at, a, at first, you know, every day. Yeah, of course. But uh, yes. I was just, hmm? yes, what were you going to say? You no, know, I was just, I was agreeing with you. I was saying, of course, you know, it's not, it's something that, that you get used to gradually and that you get into gradually until you can do it for, I suppose, a, a longer period of time. Yeah, you're right. You're totally, that's how it goes. Yes. And I mean, honestly, it's not like you cannot, as a beginner either, <coughs> do it for longer. You know, we have it in us to be still. We all have that 
um, in us, the seed of being st stillness. And we can cultivate it, all of us. So it doesn't necessarily take <coughs> a long, long time. I mean, I've known some people who got to Zen Center and really thought the, that was something incredible to, and they kept sitting and sitting for years after that. Yeah. It has happened. Well, talk to me then a bit about the benefits of meditation and also the organization that you started called OTSIT. Okay. The benefits are multi, it's everywhere. It's, it's just bringing your life back on track a little bit, slowly. Yeah, so it's everywhere. What can I say? I mean, there is not one special thing. It's obviously, yeah, calming and steadying and, you know, all these things. I, I, I would imagine that it's calming, steadying, that it brings clarity, that it's kind of a, a grounding experience. Would, would that be correct? Yes, totally. And it's very real. You know, it's actually about being real. <laughs> it's not about distracting oneself. It's the opposite. Mm -hmm. And by embracing all those difficult things that we usually push away, it's the only way to um, make peace with them eventually. You know, is by embracing, not pushing things away. They'll come back eventually if you if things get too pushed away. So, yeah. right, that makes perfect sense. But if you embrace them and recognize them and say, "Okay, I see you. I know you're there," and and it's okay. It's okay that you're there. It's okay that you're part of me. I accept you. And uh, and you learn to live. And I can move on. Yeah, yeah. You live to you. You learn to coexist. You know. Okay, so I'm this way. Well, you know, I'm this way. Let me do the best with, that I can with it. And also, you know, there's plenty of things where you become, I feel like basically people become kinder in a way. I mean, let's face it. I find it easier to relate with, I have many, many friends in my Sangha. It's easy. I'm not saying it's all that. But it is way easier to relate with many with some people. I mean, I have friends in the Sangha, real friends. I mean, I never had friends, real friends before. I mean, I always have had so many misunderstandings and whatnot. Now nobody's too worried if there are misunderstandings if I don't because I, I usually process things a little bit differently. <laughs> so maybe a little bit slower at times, but also way more, you know, in detail. <laughs> In a, and and so what if I don't say it? Nobody's to hang on. Oh, she did not do that. Or oh, no, I'm gonna get pissed, you know. Because anyway, <laughs> sorry, but no, I, I I completely understand. So so tell me about Otsit. Tell me about Otsit. Oh, Otsit. Yeah. So Otsit is um, well, I'm gonna say our baby because uh, my partner is actually the co-founder. Uh, it has three parts. And actually, we started the other two parts, meaning the not online one, which I should start with the online because I think that's kind of a, that one started with the pandemic two years ago. Uh, and uh, it is uh, that one is free. Well, another one is we, I try to keep things free, you know, um, 
I mean, Zen with Sangha is, is anyway another thing, but I often get scholarships and all that. But the beauty of it is you can do it at home alone. <laughs> and then that's completely free, of course. So I, uh, with Otsit, uh, the most recent online is um, three times a month. And um, it's open to, okay, it's primarily autistic, yes, people. And it is, definitely. And, um, but also there's uh, neurodiverse people. There's people with other disabilities. And it's also for friends and allies. So, you know, I mean, basically a lot, everybody kind of is welcome. I want people to meditate. That's what I, that's why I do this. So the, the way it goes is I, um, it lasts only an hour. And um, I, uh, we sit completely still, no guided meditation, okay? So, the, I mean, I'm not doing Soto Zen so much, but no guided meditation. I'm not too personally, okay? I, and uh, we do that for 30 minutes. And then after that, after that, I read a text, so a Buddhist text. And that does not have to be a Soto Zen text. I read many various traditions, uh, that lasts about 10 minutes. And then after that, I only say a few comments. I'm not doing a big uh, talk at all, you know, just a few minutes. Uh, and then uh, we have a little group discussion going on for the next usually 20 minutes, 15, 20 minutes. And that's how it goes. That's it. Well, it sounds wonderful. It sounds lovely and like a, a really nice place to just sort of be safe and, and share. And oh, it's well. absolutely beautiful. I, I, but I realized I did not tell you about the other two parts, which is extremely important. I'm sorry, Gilda. Oh, please do. Please do. Uh, so the other two parts, which started about 10 years ago, uh, are uh, one is, and we started again, uh, we, once a month, we actually have an in-person. So... It's also free. We're very, very, very lucky, fortunate to have this beautiful campus here in, in, uh, in uh, you know, San Rafael, California, which is Northern California near San Francisco. And um, uh, so that is now hybrid, both, you know, uh, that's both the online and in person. Uh, now that it reopened, but that one was also before. Um, and then the third part, I mean, this is a beautiful time too. I'm not, I don't want to take up plenty of time, but those are so, they're beautiful. And the other, if th the third part is also beautiful. It's a retreat once a year. And we do that in the South Lake Tahoe uh, area. Now, uh, lodging is very limited. We do that in a cabin. So uh, it's kind of first come, first serve, and usually it goes by so it's better if we know people before a little bit so you know come to the online is a good way to <laughs> and that one lasts three and a half day four well, yeah three four days and uh, that one is a lot more intense for a beginner but uh we've had plenty of beginners who do it i love it i mean also it's in a beautiful area so we actually don't sit the entire day because we want people to be able to 
you know, take advantage of this. It's in the mountains around South Lake Tahoe, so uh, beautiful. And uh, yeah, that's that's the three parts of Otsit. Oh, yeah, it's absolutely gorgeous up in Lake Tahoe. That sounds wonderful to be up there for three, four days and just enjoy the surroundings. Really lovely. So how can people reach you if they have questions and they want to know more? Okay, so I'm going to give two ways. <laughs> uh, well, it's kind of, honestly, if you go to artsit.net, where there are pictures under the retreats of the retreats, uh, but also there is more information repeating just what I said, and guess what? Everything comes to me. <laughs> so that is one way, really. I mean, artsit.net uh, goes to me. If, if one re- There is a registration form, and... Yeah. Uh, and then the other way is to email me directly. And my email is um, anlordavin, my name, at gmail.com. No space. So anlordavin at gmail.com. And I'm going to spell those for people just in case they don't know uh, exactly right. how to write those. And that's otsit.net. A-U-T-S-I-T dot net, right? And um, Anlord Davin, A-N-L-O-R-D-A-V-I-N at Gmail. Thank you. You do that so well. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you. (laughs) And thank you also, Anlord, for your time and for sharing some really great information with us today. Well, thank you, Gilda. Thank you very much. And uh, I just thank you. I uh, Thank you to everybody who listened or, you know, I'm just so lucky to be here. So privileged. Thank you. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to the podcast. You can find it on Apple iTunes, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and other popular platforms. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And you can always access us and other great resources on our website, autismresourcepodcast.com. I want to thank our listeners for spending part of their day with us. This is the Autism Resource Podcast, and I'm Gilda Evans, reminding you to take care of yourself and that special person in your life.